Hello and welcome to Life, Health and Healing. I'm Dr. Cole. Visit our website at www.colecenter.com. That's C-O-L-E. I also post on Facebook. The pages there are the Cole Center for Healing, Dr. Vitamins, and Cincinnati Hyperbarics. You'll find information about research and different types of treatments there that you won't find elsewhere. Today, as I record this, the pandemic is everywhere around the world. It's front page news, lockdowns coming, everything in terms of the hospitals filling up. And at this point, all the headlines seem to focus on the vaccine, the miracle, the thing that will help everyone, that turns everything around. Unfortunately, We'll have to wait and see. (laughs) Oftentimes these statistics they produce ahead of time don't pan out in real life. But the politicians are saying that they're going to follow the science. Yes, this is the big buzzword. We're going to follow the science. I have a couple questions. What science is going to be followed? Who's going to determine and decide what science is followed? Who's going to decide how that science is implemented? Well, I'm here today to tell you how we can get control of this pandemic in a week or two. Does that sound like it's impossible? No. Here's the first study. A few years ago, this was published, and what they were looking at was the flu. And here is a quote from that study. Complete resolution of symptoms in 48 to 72 hours. How? By giving 60 to 50,000 units of vitamin D. So in two to three days, with 50 to 60,000 units of vitamin D orally, the flu symptoms were gone, eliminated completely. Now, that, pub- that uh, paper was published by Dr. Schwalfenberg, and I'll spell it for you here, S-C-H-W-A-L-F-E-N-B-E-R-G, It's titled Vitamin D for Influenza, published in Canadian Family Physician in 2015. So five years ago, we knew how we could cure the flu, as it were. But now, even more importantly, there's a new study that's come out looking at the use of vitamin D in COVID-19 patients. So this looked at patients that were admitted to the hospital that had signs of both COVID-19 and acute respiratory infections. So some of these patients were given vitamin D. All of them were given standard care. So nobody got, you know, shoveled to the side. It wasn't given placebo. The people were given standard care, and then some of them were additionally given vitamin D. What happened? Well, in the regular treatment group, 50% of these patients had to be transferred to the intensive care unit. The ones that got the vitamin D, only 2% needed intensive care unit placement. 50% down to 2%. That is a number that is unmatched by any agent out there today. No drug is doing that. And what was the dosing? So the dose were given on days one, three, and seven. And so over that week, they were given a total 
of 128,000 units of vitamin D, or about 18,000 units every day. That got a reduction from 50% to 2% admission to the ICU. Why is this not being done in our hospitals? <laughs> this is science. Where are the people in our government who are, quote, looking at the science, and why are they not looking at this science? So that study, let me give you the information on it. The primary author was Castillo, C-A-S-T-I-L-L-O. It's titled, this is a long one, Effect of Calciferodiol Treatment and Best Available Therapy versus Best Available Therapy on Intensive Care Unit Admission and Mortality Among Patients Hospitalized for COVID-19, a pilot randomized clinical study. That was published in the journal Steroid Biochemistry and Molecular Biology, and that was just published this year. It's very recent. So if that wasn't enough, what about those 2% of patients who still need intensive care and didn't completely recover or didn't improve enough with just the vitamin D. Well, here's another study that's just come out, it's just been published. Now, this is a randomized placebo-controlled study, meaning it's considered, you know, the double-blind gold standard in terms of scientific research. So, they were giving critically ill patients on ventilators. So these are the worst of the worst. These are patients in ICU. They are on ventilators. And they are either given 12,000 milligrams of vitamin C twice a day or sterile water in their intravenous line. So a total 24,000 milligrams vitamin C per day versus nothing. Well, what happened? <laughs> dramatic results. Twice the number of people died that did not get the vitamin C. So the vitamin C drip reduced the death rate by about 60%. And in this state, to put another way, those on vitamin C were 60% more likely to survive. Again, a tremendous, tremendous effect. And again, this is a double-blind, placebo-controlled study intubated, or I'm sorry, those on ventilators, meaning they were <laughs> intubated, and that's how you put those on there. <laughs> In addition, they looked at these markers that reflect inflammation, and those were also st statistically reduced, very significantly so. So we're seeing a tremendous response in the most critically ill with vitamin C. And to give you an idea, it beats the other drug that's being, one of the drugs being studied, dexamethasone, by a huge amount. And uh, that is being touted as the only proven treatment for vitamin, or for COVID-19. But there, only 23% of patients on the steroid drug died compared to 26% on placebo. So you had a 3% difference. <laughs> Not that great. But with the vitamin C, those who got it 60% more likely to survive. So let me give you the reference on that. 
The primary author is Zhang, Z-H-A-N-G. It's titled High-Dose Vitamin C Infusion for the Treatment of Critically Ill COVID-19. It was published in Pulmonology just this year. So again, a very recent addition to the literature. So this science needs to be taken seriously. At this point, COVID infections and COVID deaths are overwhelming our hospitals and our healthcare system. This approach, when you combine vitamin C and vitamin D, just like these two studies have shown, would produce even greater results. The effect when you combine these typically is much greater than each individually. So this combination should almost, almost, (laughs) perhaps eliminate the need for ICU admissions. It wouldn't completely. There would still be some critically ill people, and we still have people who are going to die from this virus. There are people who are simply either too sick and or too old to survive. And I know that sounds horrible, but that is absolutely the truth with every flu season. The most vulnerable are the ones who are most likely to succumb to the illness. But by using this approach, we could significantly reduce that. So here's again the recommendations. I know I've prior cast, I've talked about this. Here again, you need to take these actions in order to protect yourself and your family. So for an adult, if you are not sick, take 1,000 milligrams of vitamin C three times per day. If you get sick with anything, if you start coming down with any kind of cold respiratory symptoms at all, immediately start taking 3,000 milligrams of vitamin C every 20 minutes. After a few doses, your stomach will kind of start rumbling. You'll start to get loose stools. At that point, you start reducing the dose and increase the time between doses. For vitamin D, if you do not know your vitamin D levels, start taking 3,000 milligrams, or I'm sorry, units of vitamin D per day. And again, this is for an adult. It is always best, though, to get your blood levels checked to vitamin D, and you want to choose, uh, (laughs) sorry, you want to shoot for 60 nanograms per milliliter as you're reading. Now, the labs will not tell you that that's what's normal. Most labs will say anything 30 and above is normal. This is, might be normal, but it's not ideal, and you get best protection at 60 and above. So don't let your doctor just tell you it's normal. Make them tell you what your actual number is. So once you get your number, start taking vitamin D to get it above 60 nanograms per milliliter. If that number is below 40, and actually even if it's below 50 at this point, take 5,000 units of vitamin D per day. Recheck your levels in a month or so and then adjust that dose as needed. Always remember with vitamin D, you wanna take vitamin K and that would be in the form of M7K2. If you get sick, again, with anything, any kind of respiratory illness whatsoever, immediately start taking 50,000 units of vitamin D per day. You'll probably only need one dose, but you're safe and if you take two or three doses. At that point, Go ahead and again, reduce your dose. 
You might even skip a dose or two for a day just to make sure. But over time, you can recheck your blood levels, make sure they're within range. So I'm hoping that this information gets out. I wanted to immediately put this together. And remember, our average physician, our average healthcare worker, they are there to help you. They're not political. They're not in control of making these decisions. Most of them do not know this information. <laughs> so go gently. However, unfortunately, as I've seen many, many times throughout my career, medicine, like many businesses, is often ruled by money and politics. And we're seeing that play out with this pandemic as well. The big money is in the vaccines or in the drugs. That's where everything is focused. And unfortunately, our politicians just follow right along. And you got to think who makes the recommendations, who sets the guidelines. Why do they set these kind of guidelines and how is that? Well, unfortunately, this is where the money in politics comes in. People are appointed to these panels because of their connections. <laughs> and I hate to say this uh, because as a physician, I really feel like I sometimes have to apologize for my profession. And I know that sounds horrible, but it's, it's unfortunately true. And we'll see how this plays out. See how often vitamin C and vitamin D are mentioned in the media. Ask your physician, your nurse practitioner, your chiropractor, anybody, if they know about this. If not, give them the information. Tell them about it. Refer them to these papers, these articles. They can get on my website. They can get on Facebook and look at this. I lay it all out, not only in this podcast, but at those places as well. So unfortunately, as a patient, you may actually have to educate your healthcare provider. Most of us, I would say really all of us in terms of medical school, we're not really trained in nutrition. We don't know this information coming out of school. So be kind to your healthcare providers. We all do our best. Our interest is really in your well-being. So try not to be adversarial to work at it as a partnership so hopefully this information has been of value i appreciate the time that you've taken to listen to it and i wish you well